Coming to you live from a very cold house, it's the Dockiverse Podcast. Episode 117, Heavy Metal Pixies. In this episode, we've got the GM's Toolkit, Part 3 of our Hex Crawl, and My First Time. And now, before I freeze to death, let's get on with the show. Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Doc Cross, and as I mentioned in the intro, it is cold in my house because for the past, I think, five days, our thermostat has been screwing up, and so we have heat come on for like a minute, two minutes, and then it shuts off. Now, we do have a couple little space heaters, and they do keep it fairly warm in here, so it's not like we're actually freezing to death. And I think the low we're going to get maybe this week might be down to 37 degrees, something like that. So it's nothing compared to other parts of the country. But for California, it's pretty damn cold. On the other hand, we're saving an enormous amount on gas, which is what our furnace runs on, except that we're using the space heaters and probably driving up our electricity bill. Anyway, everything around here has been pretty decent. Everybody's healthy. The dogs are doing well. Grace is doing well. I'm doing well. I don't think you can ask for much more than that. We are about, I would say, a month, a little over a month away from Dundercon. And I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I will be doing daily podcast bits, actually vidcasts, uh, that I'll record on my phone. And I will put them up on Patreon for Patreon people to have a look at. They will not be going up on any other platform unless I put them on my blog or put them up on Facebook, too. And they will be abbreviated probably then. But, uh, yeah, ThunderCon's on the way. And what else is on the way is me thanking my wonderful, wonderful patrons over on Patreon. I do that every episode right up at the front. And here we go. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, David. Thank you, James. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Avis. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Mark. And thank you, Marion. You guys are swell. And I hope you enjoy the show. And now, let's get on to the first segment while I put on a warmer pair of socks. Okay, it's that time again when we pop open the GM's toolkit and find some interesting advice, hopefully interesting, for... GMs out there. And this one is about transitioning. And no, I am not talking about transitioning from one gender to another. I'm talking about transitioning from one genre or one system to another in role-playing games. For instance, let's say you wanted to go from playing D&D to playing Traveler or some other outer space game. There are ways you could do that actually in-game. You could slowly start introducing science fiction elements or whatever. Or you could just start doing it outside the game with your players, slowly but surely trying to get them interested in playing whatever else, science fiction game, whatever. Probably the easiest way to go from something to science fiction is to make the science fiction something they like. 
Tell them, hey guys, I'm getting really burned out on playing D&D. How about if we play this new Star Trek game? Or Star Wars game? Or Firefly game? Those are probably the big three that are going to hook them. Uh, although there is The Expanse. And there's uh, a whole bunch of others. You know, ones based on other sorts of sci-fi other than flying around out in the galaxy. So you can do that way. Try and get them interested in it by giving them something they want. Going to other genres, maybe you tell them, hey, how would you like to play Pulp? Pulp is great if they know anything about Pulp. If you have younger players, and by this I can mean people that are in their 40s and younger, they may not know jack shit about Pulp, and you're going to have to educate them. Or... You can start pulping up whatever game you're playing so that they get a little feel for what pulp is like. Uh, the same thing applies, by the way, to steampunk. Despite the fact that steampunk seems to be very popular, it's not nearly as well known by most folks as you might think. So that's sort of a transition you have to do, is getting people to go from one genre to another. That is not as difficult as getting people to go from one rule system to another. Especially nowadays when you may encounter a group who has only ever played Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. I've also heard of groups who have only ever played Pathfinder. And when you try and tell them about Call of Cthulhu or something, they look at you like, what the hell is this? You know, percentiles? What's going on? I don't know. So going from one system to another, that can be really difficult. You will find people that hate a particular system solely because it's not the one they're used to. You will also find people who hate a particular system because it's crunchier or way less crunchy than what they're used to. There are a lot of people out there who really like detailed, involved rules that tell you how to do every little thing. And when you give them a chance to play something that's much less detailed... They freak out. They they probably will hate it, and you're going to have to adapt to that. You're also going to find that sometimes you really can't transition rules. People just won't do it. You'll say, well, let's do that. Nah, I only know how to play. I don't want to learn another rule system. And I don't blame them. I hate learning rule systems myself. I know a lot, but that's because I've been playing for so long. But, uh, yeah, Sometimes you just have to say to yourself, I'm not going to be able to change the rules. But you can still change the genre. Many, many, many years ago, in the early 80s, I ran, co-ran actually, a Star Trek game using Advanced Dungeons & Dragons rules. Um, it wasn't as difficult as you think, but it wasn't really easy either. There were things that you know, it didn't factor in. Armor class, for instance. There was virtually no armor class on the average person. Unless they happen to have like a personal force field generator, which most of them didn't. So everybody was at the base armor class. Uh, weapons were a little different. Let's face it, a phaser is going to do a whole hell of a lot more damage to you than a sword because you can't set your sword on stun or kill or disintegrate. I mean... That's just not going to happen. And, of course, you have to adapt, you know, little things, you know, 
or sometimes really big things too, like how does a starship operate in D and D rules? It just does. Okay, I just hand waved and said, "Your starship operates. Don't worry about rules. I'll have you roll a d20 if something big comes up, like you need to fix the warp drives or something." Uh, if your people are playing D and D and you want to run something else, take a break. I would suggest pulp. I would suggest actually the old west. There's a lot of stuff going on in the old west, at least the idealized legendary old west that we assume. Uh, that's very similar to D and D stuff. You know, there are bars to hang out in where you may meet somebody that'll hire you for something. There are bad guys. There are you know native peoples that you have to deal with. There are animals. There may not be any monsters. But let me tell you, if you are setting in camp and a pissed-off grizzly bear comes running in, that's going to be just as dangerous and deadly and scary as if it were an owl bear or, you know, a troll or something like that. Possibly easier to kill, depending on what your weapons are like. But then again, a pissed-off grizzly bear can fuck your shit up just about as bad as an owl bear could. Anyway, uh... That's about transitioning. You know, it's, you've got to get the players into it. You've got to find out if they even want to do it. You've got to make it as easy as possible on both the players and on yourself as GM. And good luck. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's impossible. The only way you know is to try. And now we dive into our hex crawl. This is the third segment of it. And if you are on Patreon, you can see the picture I did, the map. But for you folks who are not on Patreon and can't see a map, I'll tell you about it. The trail, which I've marked and doesn't really exist on the map or in the game, it's just I've marked it so people know which way they have to go. The trail goes up, follows a river through a narrow river valley with lots of hills on either side. The river valley is lined on the shore with ruins of towns and even a couple of cities uh, all long, long, long ago destroyed. Hundreds of years ago. Maybe, maybe a thousand years ago. The hills are all full of trolls. Now these trolls have established themselves into large tribes. Um, they're all different. There are two tribes right as you enter the river valley, one on either side of the river, the Purple Death Tribe and the Red Gore Tribe. Then you move up and you have the Green Agony and the Yellow Fangs. Then you go up and you have the White Bone and the Black Terror. And these trolls hate each other and they fight constantly but they are too evenly matched to actually kick anybody else's ass. If your characters are smart, and let's face it, players and or characters often not smart, they will go right up the river, just build a raft and pull their way up the river and get the hell out of there as fast as they can. If they travel on the land, and they may well want to, they're going to have to deal with these trolls. So these trolls are 
always angling to find a way to get at other trolls. And if they see your characters, they're not stupid. They'll realize, hey, these are some adventurers. These are these are the kind of people who go out, and first of all, they're in the middle of nowhere in all these ruins in an area thick with trolls. So they must have some kind of powers or skills. Hmm, let's see if we can put those to work for us. So basically, you've got kind of a Yojimbo thing here going. Depending upon what side of the river you're on, you're going to meet one of the different tribes of trolls, and three or four of them will encounter your players, and they'll stop you, and they'll ask you why you're traveling up here, who you're working for, are you working for one of the other tribes of trolls, and you're going to say no. And then these trolls are going to say, well... We could kill you right now because we've got 50 more just like us right up the hill. Or you can use your powers, your spells, your magic, whatever, because these trolls have no magic. And if you've got a mage or clerics or whatever, what you, anybody with magical powers or devices that are magical, then you can say, yeah, yeah, we've got the magical powers. Sure, we'll go deal with some of these guys. We'll be quiet about it, and, you know, we'll take out a bunch of them, and then that'll tilt the odds in your favor. And they will probably make a deal with you because trolls are dumb. And then your characters will go to wherever they say, the other side of the river, north, south, wherever where they want you to go. And you can pretend like you're going to kill these guys, and then when you encounter those, the next guys, let's say you go from the Red Gore up to the Yellow Fang, when you encounter the next guys, they'll say, you know, the same thing, and you can tell them, well, you know, we made it past the Red Gore, but it wasn't, wasn't easy. Can you give us a little help, and we'll, you know, we'll take out an enemy for you as best we can. Then they'll say, yeah, sure, we'll give you some help. And then the second group you meet will say, you know, there is a ruined city up here, and on the map you'll see it's it's red, whereas all the others are uh, gray. And you'll see that ruined city. They'll say, you go to that ruined city, there's some magic up there, but we can't do anything with it. And you go up to the ruined city, you tell them, yeah, we'll go up there, we'll get that magic, we'll kick ass on your enemies. When you get to the ruins, when the characters get to the ruined city, they will find out that the magic is... Right there, I mean, you can you can see that things are magical, but they're low-level magic. It's not really any magic your players are going to be able to use to do anything spectacular or to kill anybody. It's just little things. You know, there may be some uh, rings of protection. There may be some, uh, I don't know, a wand of, of freezing or something. It's only got a couple charges. But there's stuff to be found in these ruins. So then you get to the last two orc tribes, the White Bone and the Black Terror, and they will do the same thing the others have done, but these guys are just a tiny little bit smarter. And they will say, you know, we're going to hold you to this. you got to go across the river and attack whoever we tell you to attack, because if you don't, we're going to come after you. Now, whether they're going to actually come after them or not, your player characters won't know, but 
the threat is pretty good. So your players will have to attack one or the other of these two remaining troll tribes. Now, it doesn't have to be a really great attack, because then you can haul ass out of there. Uh, possibly you might just turn around and attack the trolls you're talking with. But if you do talk with them and establish that you're going to go attack their enemies, they might let you know that the guy you've been chasing entered this valley and barely escaped death many times. As they saw him leaving the valley on a raft, pulling north as fast as he could go, he seemed to be hurt. So you may be able to catch up with this guy, but first you've got to go kill our enemies. At which point your characters will have to go across the river and then either lie their way out of what they're doing or just haul ass. Or maybe they get halfway across the river and they say, fuck it, we're going to pull this raft as fast as we can and get the fuck out of this river valley and hope that we don't get hit by orc arrows or spears or thrown rocks or whatever. And then they're out of the valley and they can continue on. They will find enough indications along the way, campfires, things like this, that they can't be very far behind this guy. Maybe two days. So that's not bad. And then they continue north along the river until they get to the fourth hex, which we'll talk about next week. Time now to talk about my first time. And this time around, we're going to be talking about my first time running a horror scenario in a role-playing game. Now, this was in D&D, not AD&D, but D&D, the box set, back, I would say, about two months into my first DMing experience. For anyone out there who may be a little younger or a little less informed about things, this was way before the Ravenloft box set or even the Ravenloft adventure. So for D&D, there wasn't any particular horror formula or setting or anything like that. I don't even know how many adventures really would count as horror. But um, I decided, yes, I'm going to run a D&D adventure, preferably a one-nighter, with a definite horror theme. So I tried to think of how I wanted to do the horror, because there's the horror of somebody's creeping around and you know they're creeping around and they're trying to get you and maybe it's a monster maybe it's not then of course there's the haunted house horror where it's the actual place you're in that's doing things and acting weird and ghosts are popping out and stuff like that of course there was zombie horror which was very very in its infancy back then and things like that and i could have gone with gory stuff that was kind of beginning to happen in movies but I decided to go for haunted house and I decided that I would go ahead and make the atmosphere for us in the house we were playing in as creepy as possible so I told everyone that the game would start later than normal this was in the early spring late late winter early spring so it was you know, not getting dark until almost 7 o'clock at night. And so I said, well, let's start about 8 o'clock, 
and we'll play for four or five hours, whatever. It was a Friday night. I do remember that. So we weren't going back to school the next day or anything like that. And I went over to my friend's house and I had a cassette recorder with me. And those of you who have heard my GM's toolkit about using music and sound in your stories and your role-playing sessions, you'll know what I was going to do with that. So first of all, I set up a bunch of candles and got the table ready and everything. And it was a warm enough night that I had them keep the windows open a little bit so it would be cooler than normal in the house, but not cold. And so we started the game. And I reached down and turned on the 90-minute cassette I had. And we started playing, and they were in this haunted house. It just so happens that at the end of the adventure previously, they had been coming back from the adventure to their hometown, and they had stopped in an old house. And that's where things got weird. So at the start of this adventure, they're in the house, and one of the players, I think it was a fighter, wanted to go outside and get more firewood, and he found out he couldn't open the door. And being a fighter, he tried to hit it with his axe, and his axe shattered. And the moment that happened, everybody at the table goes, oh, fuck, it's a haunted house. The house is, is enchanted or something. And then I proceeded to go ahead and have weird things happen. Um, I had blood run down the walls of the hallway. I believe the, uh, the cleric and the wizard were walking down the hallway when the blood started to run, and that got things going. And then the sounds I had recorded were things like heavy breathing, the wind whistling through the house, moans, rattling chains, all this sort of stuff. It was very effective. I had two women and two men in this group. They were couples. And by the time we got to about midnight, towards the end of the game, uh, one of the women was just ready to jump out of her skin anytime anything happened. I know that the cat meowed behind her, and <laughs> she jumped in her chair. So I we resolved it where the sun came up and they could leave the house, and the guy's axe was all back in one piece, but it was outside on the porch. And uh, then the players decided you know what, fuck this place, we're going to burn it to the ground. And then they proceeded to do that. They took all their oil and threw it in the house, and the wizard fireballed it, and they burned the house to the ground. And I said, well, you know, okay, no more haunted house. Uh, end, of, end of that, end of the game, you know, time to go home. It was a very effective haunted house and a very effective horror session. And I think I did very well with it. And I ran horror-themed D&D games off and on for, I think I did four or five more over the next few years. Then the Ravenloft box set came out, and I ran that. That always scared the hell out of everybody. So that's the story of my first horror game. And I hope you enjoyed it. And next time we do a first time, I'll talk about something else. So... That's it for this time. 
Well, folks, once again, we've reached the end of the program and the point where I thank you all, and I thank you very much. And if you want to give me any suggestions, comments, or questions, I can be reached on Facebook, where I'm Doc Cross, on WordPress at the Dockiverse blog, via email at agentroscoe at gmail.com. If you are listening via Anchor, you can leave a voicemail, and you patrons can leave a message on my Patreon page, and they'll send me a text or an email about it, and I'll get it real quick and be right back to you. If you'd like to support me via Patreon and hear these podcasts two months before they go up on Anchor, go to www.patreon.com.cross and just pledge as little as a dollar a month and you're good. You'll get to hear all this stuff. There are certain things you won't be able to download because they cost a little more, but everything else you'll be cool with. If you would like to do a one-time donation or occasional donations whenever you think about it, then you want to use my Ko-fi page, K-O-F-I, and go there to Coffee and or Kofi, I'm not sure how they pronounce it, and look up Doc Cross 4591 and that's me, and then you can pledge whatever you want. If you would like to sponsor this podcast or advertise on it, just get in touch with me via any of the methods I mentioned a little while ago. Our music was Adventure Theme by Sir Cubworth off of the YouTube Audio Library. This podcast and everything on it except the music, is copyright 2023 by Doc Cross. I will see you all next week. Live long and prosper.